We are live. And let's make sure that everything is working because none of us are on the Discord. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I should probably jump into that. Probably jump in there. And Cal, if you want to drop your tag for everyone. Yep. That'd be good. All right, Mitch, you want to do the same split? You do YouTube and Telegram, and I'll do Discord and Periscope. That works. All right, I just forget I need headphones for this one. Always need headphones. I was getting some crosstalk on my headphones, apparently, the other day. Or no, that was... Probably because of me. The last day, man. Yeah. Make sure my audio settings are... Yeah, I got to double check with my Discord. All right, I'll just use the webcam mic and that should prevent any problems. Uh, uh, yeah, my Discord's lighting up. That's good. Speakers. Okay, okay. All righty. Just as chickens. <laughs> Got some people on the Periscope. Yeah, it's a little earlier than usual. Well, while we are waiting for people to jump in, if they're awake, <laughs> why don't you walk us through the weekly dev update post? Because I didn't even read it. So I can use a recap. Uh, uh, let me just ping Telegram real quick. Did you guys see that Polly yelled rose from the dead? Did they really? No. Yeah. They relaunched as V2. <laughs> it actually looks a lot like up. Does it really? Yeah, they uh uh well, you know, they added a um an auto compounding thing yeah. on their on their thing, but it's only on their token. Ah. Interesting. Bitcoin's going up. Nice. All right. So, weekly dub update. Um, so, the main thing in in this week's update was uh, talking about LeoFi. So, obviously, we uh, we released the LeoFi app, which we were working on for a long time. Um, that was actually what we were originally because it kind of became clear. Uh, towards the end of of last year, that DeFi was going to be, you know, a, a clear focus for the entire crypto industry. So, we started working on LeoFi and coming up with ideas of what we could build into uh, an application, um, you know, to to basically bring different DeFi features to the Leo Finance community. So, 
Um, that's kind of where the idea of LeoFi came around. And obviously, leasing out your Leo power, which is the uh, the first application we released uh, under LeoFi, um, you know, is kind of a logical first step since uh, you know it uses the native Leo token, and it's something that a lot of people are already familiar with, uh, you know, on the entire Hive blockchain. So um, that's kind of the uh, the steps that we took to get to LeoFi, uh, and we started developing it, I think, back in around December um 2020 so um you know we developed it and you guys know that we you know pretty much had had the application ready to go but we're just kind of testing the back end uh several months ago um and then obviously we we pivoted for cub um because we saw you know a bigger opportunity um to get into you know real DeFi on uh on these blockchains that are that are gaining you know massive traction so we were pretty early to the uh, the Binance Smart Chain, you know, yield app game um, and decided to sideline LeoFi until, you know, things kind of settled down a little bit and we kind of, you know, resumed normal operations after that. Um, so now LeoFi is in open beta. So we've fixed, you know, I would say a vast majority of the bugs. Um, actually, I haven't seen any bugs since... Uh, since the launch um, and open beta. So people are saying that it's all working smoothly, which is great. Um, so there's just a little banner at the top that says, you know, it's an open beta. So obviously, you know, there could be a bug. Uh, we haven't found any yet, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bug either front end or back end at some point uh, that we're gonna have to fix and, and deploy a patch for. Um, so that was kind of the focus of this, this week's update. Um, and then, you know, I talked a little bit about the Leo token in general and kind of the vision that that's coming about, which is uh, to create, you know, um, more use cases. And uh, obviously, Leo started as a blogging token um, and it's evolving more so into, you know, a blogging token that also has, you know, various DeFi features uh, built in and then obviously extra layers on top like Cub. Um, but I talked about Leo Bridge and how. Uh, you know, the cross-chain swaps are, are really going to take off and, and be, uh, be valuable for the LEO token. Um, so in, in the new world of crypto, uh, especially with what happened with Binance, you know, just a couple of days ago, reducing the withdrawal limits, um, the, the need for cross-chain swaps in a permissionless, decentralized way uh, is only going to increase. And the usage of DEXs is increasing as well. So you know, the, the way to gain a lot of traction for Leo, I think, is going to be uh, being listed on all these different uh, DEXs and then driving volume and liquidity uh, to the to the Leo pairs. So Leo Bridge drives a lot of volume. It drives a lot of liquidity. Um, and uh, I've written a few posts about that, you know, on my account and on the Leo Finance account over the past couple of months. Um, and then went into the, uh, the automated geyser. So Finally, the uh, the guys are worked on the fifteenth. So, all right, it was it was either the fifteenth or the sixteenth, um, and it it went through. So every two weeks, the geyser will basically automatically calculate the you know the the pending payouts for for all the LPs. So it's obviously a massive time saver and hopefully brings some consistency to uh, to the geyser payouts moving forward. And then the UI upgrade um, that's taking um i 
I think we're we're looking at sometime early next week, but obviously we're still kind of kind of building it and and just working through the last you know several issues. But uh, basically, it's a it's an update to Lightning, uh, so the Web three uh, caching layer that we built. So uh, Lightning is is obviously a pretty complex server, and and we're just kind of improving it right now uh, and making it you know significantly better. So the original launch of Lightning. 10x the speed of of a lot of different user actions on the UI, um, and this update will it won't 10x the speed because obviously we've already you know had a massive improvement, but it'll make the speed a lot faster, uh, especially for various pages and and you know general loading speed. Um, and then we're going to carry over that Lightning update into the uh, the new mobile app. So we're hoping to have the mobile app done uh, within like 30 to 45 days ish. Um, so. Uh, that's that's how we're looking on Leo Finance, um, and then the IDO for Cub, the first uh, the first IDO, which is the the smaller IDO, which will be kind of a nice nice test run for everything uh, to make sure our infrastructure for IDOs is working well uh, and working smoothly. Uh, tentatively scheduled for Tuesday, so this coming Tuesday, um, and uh, we'll kind of get to see the mechanics in action and see how see how IDOs perform. Um, and I kind of talked about how this all creates a value capture uh, for for Cub. So every single IDO, uh, Cub is basically capturing the value of a new platform that that will launch through that IDO. So uh, you know it, it gains value from the burn, but it also gains value from uh, the dilemma that it creates for Cub holders. So if you're an existing Cub holder, you need to question yourself. And I've already seen people write posts about this and talk about. You know how much cub should I use for the upcoming IDO, um, and you know should I buy more cub to to use for the IDO so I don't lose my previous stake uh, by participating. So it kind of creates that dilemma and it creates a, a new utility for buying and holding uh, cub. So that's kind of kind of where we're moving with that. Okay, um, so we have a few questions and, and comments from Discord already. Uh, but I have my own questions that I want to ask first. I have an ideal question too, so <laughs> you go first. All right. So uh, I've got many, but uh, the first one is that if we're tentatively scheduled for a Tuesday, don't we have to do our V2 migration before that? Um, we don't have to do the V2 migration, but it would be, it, it doesn't really have that much of an impact, but it would be nice to do it, do it before the idea. Okay. Which the I, so the I don't know if I've talked about this before, but the IDO uses Cub BUSD uh, LPV2, so it doesn't use V1. Um, so, for example, if you withdraw from the current uh, Cub BUSD farm and try to use it in the IDO, the, those LP tokens you get, it won't work. You're going to have to unpool those that that Cub BUSD and then repool it on LPV2 in order to participate in the IDO. So it's not like it's necessary. It's just more convenient for the user uh, if if we migrate first. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I have more of a just a basic uh, question, so uh, I can make sure I'm giving correct answers to the non-crypto people. As far as the IDO goes, is it for all the IDOs where in order to get in it, you're basically doing a 
token dash BUSD, like you're doing cub dash BUSD um, investment, so to speak, in order to get involved. Is that like the case for every single one of them? Or is any of them going to be like where you just put straight cub? Um, yeah, so the the current, at least two of the current three scheduled IDOs are going to be cub dash BUSD uh, LP tokens. And then for the for the Polygon Cub release, what we're calling Polygon Cub, um, that is potentially going to be just Cub. So you'll just take Cub, deposit it, and uh, um, and and then you know be buying into that IDO at at whatever price is set. So um, so okay. there's there's actually four different models for IDOs, but two of the three currently scheduled ones have and and those are those are going to be cub usd lp um for sure and then the the polygon cub is kind of up in the air right now of if we're going to do cub dash busd or just cub i vote for cub we'll kind of see how that goes what's right, that that's, i said i vote for just cub on that one um <laughs> that is uh kind of how i've been that's basically how i've explained it um so, and I kind of said, I'm pretty, like, I'm you know, pretty sure it's just cub for the cub poly, but don't quote me. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Um, yeah. And, and, the, and the main reason for, for, for considering doing cub USD instead of just cub for the polygon cub is just to not confuse people that there's two versions of, or there's, there's one cub for two different blockchains. Gotcha. That, that, you know, cause if, if people are just going straight from one cub to polygon cub, then then uh, it might be a little bit confusing, but, but right, right now I would say it's it's leaning more towards just straight cub for that one. Okay, and now as far as the cub BUSD, um, basically when people do that, they're putting into that LP to essentially get into the new thing, and then half the cub. Uh, so the cub is the one half that it's basically going to get burned, and then the BUSD is essentially the part that's going to the uh, creators for lack of a better word of that pool, right. correct? All right, so now correct. in the end, the user is getting, they're putting in cub USD, what are they getting in the end? They're getting the new token, but how much of that new token are they getting? That's determined by the IDO price. So based on whatever price is set, set by you know the creators of their IDO, then that is how many tokens they're gonna get. Right, it's basically me... like, a, it's basically like a pre-sale or like an exchange offering or whatever you want to call it uh, by, you know, XYZ team doing the IDO. Um, and they okay. choose the launch price. And in order, but in order to buy in, you can't just use Bitcoin or BUSD or whatever. You have to use CUB uh, or cut in this case, CUB dash BUSD LP tokens. Okay. So the question I'm basically even getting is if I put CUB BUSD in the LP, and the BUSD is going to the dev team, the, the creators. So does that mean I'm only getting 50% of the money I put in, in that new token? Like that's kind of that. The... Yeah. That depends on the, that depends on the launch price set. Um, so if you kind of, if you look around at other IDOs, you can kind of see the structure that they have where they have, you know, in many cases, they have a pre-sale to say VC investors, uh, which would be, you know, their, their initial sale. Um, then they have an IDO is kind of their second stage. And then third stage is the, uh, 
you know, the actual DEX launch where they create a pool, uh, you know, on whatever platform, PancakeSwap or anything else. Um, and typically the pre-sale to VCs will be a lockup and, and it'll have, you know, a lower price than the IDO price. And then the IDO price will also have a lower price than the launch price uh, when it hits the pool. So um, you can kind of consider the dynamics of, of you know, a, an increased price at launch. Um, but kind of the way it works is that, that you're buying into an IDO at a fixed price, which prevents you from, say, getting a lot of slippage when you, when you get into the actual launch day on a, on a liquidity pool, if that makes sense. Sort of. I mean, to me, I guess I'll just describe it as, I mean, risk versus reward. You want to get in pre-sale? Well, <laughs> there's some risk to that. Right. There you is. have to, you know, and that's up to the to the end user to decide, you know, does this platform that's doing the IDO have have potential to, to increase beyond the uh, the IDO price? Yep. Okay. I don't know. I think uh, I think I can answer the regular folk question. I still have not well, sure when, I can. When an IDO <laughs> is actually going live, it's going to have obviously a lot more detail. Like right now, we're just talking about IDOs in general. We're not really yes. talking about a specific specific IDO with specific launch details and, and all. Well, that. I mean, so can we? Once can you we kind of get the specific? I mean, obviously, you know, no. that's the reason that's the reason we're doing a beta, so to speak. <laughs> that's why you're doing the, this right. IDO Tuesday. And, you know, it's like probably the smallest one. And then people can see really how it works out because, you know, I get these questions and I'm like, well, I mean, I can answer in theory and I can ask for more clarification, but, but that was the confusion. It was just like, well, if I'm doing cub BUSD and the U and the BUSD is going to the dev team, then does that mean I'm getting 50 cents on my dollar essentially? In the new yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's the hard part to explain. So. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I've, like I've been involved in a bunch of uh, launches lately. Uh, mostly you know from the retail side trying to just get a good price on things and you know the there's you know there's a lot of different variations that teams are putting together on on idos and pre-sales and all that kind of stuff some of them will do um a uh, the ido price and the launch price will be the exact same uh what you're really doing though is you're guaranteeing yourself access at that initial price uh, and then hopefully, you know, the thing goes and, you know, you make money that way. Other ones will give you a discount, you know, for helping fund the whole thing. And a lot of that, a lot of that liquidity that you're putting in as part of the idea goes into the liquidity pool of the launch. Um, not necessarily all of it, but usually most of it. And um, so you'll get a discount, but then the flip side of that is a lot of times you'll have to pay for that discount by having not all your tokens available at launch. You know, they'll depending on the size of the launch, it might, they might make you wait like 50% at launch, 50% in a month. Or if it's one of the bigger ones, I've seen ones that, you know, will lock you up over two years and have a graduated release schedule. So, I mean, it's all, all different models are, are being done, but, um, you know, so you gotta look at, look at each individual deal individually and, and see what's worth it to you. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, Taskmaster asked, Cal, do you work out? <laughs> <laughs> I do, but uh, some of you guys know that I have a broken back, so I used to uh, I used to work out more than I did now. That's how you hurt your back, right? Yeah, trying to be rocky. Yeah, I used to be a competitive uh, power lifter. Damn, 
Um, but I still have more questions. <laughs> yeah, I got more questions coming in too. So you can no, jump no, no, just for me. Oh, uh, for you. I thought you had Discord questions. No, I mean there's Discord <laughs> questions too. Uh well, let's hit those real quick because they're they're fairly short. Um Chuckster is asking, uh it's not exactly a question. Uh could we please add uh ADA B and B farm or uh kingdom? So um, yeah, so sorry. Any any thoughts on adding new kingdoms? Yeah, so we actually uh, we created a contract for the uh, the new SPS token, which is Splinterlands' uh, governance token, um, and uh, considered adding adding a kingdom for it. Um, and that's actually just ready to deploy. The only issue with that is that um, I actually haven't had time to research it, but I heard somewhere that there was uh, they're doing some sort of airdrop to uh, to LPs. Um, or some sort of extra mining reward uh, for SPS LPs on on PancakeSwap. Uh, so I just need to uh, maybe Neil, you know more about that, but I just need to confirm, you know, if they're doing that and how they're doing that, um, so that we can decide, you know, if we end up launching a vault for it, you know, we have to obviously handle that that airdrop somehow. Yeah, uh, that has not been enabled yet, but it is coming okay. soonish. There is. Um... One of the categories of SPS inflation is going towards LP uh, providers as as a reward. Uh, so we I, may. Uh, sorry. Oh, and, and I believe the the pancake swap uh, will be eligible for that reward. Okay. So um, so yeah, we'll we'll have to uh, before we do that vault, we'll have to you know figure out. What exactly is happening, and and if we should do it, and ha like have some sort of uh, handling for that airdrop. Um, but in terms of adding other kingdoms, uh, you know, we're we're always looking for uh, for valuable kingdoms to add that will generate. You know, basically, basically what we're looking for are kingdoms that obviously are on platforms that have some high degree of security, um, unless we start doing the the yellow farms, and then those will obviously be. Uh, properly labeled but um yeah what we're looking for is is tvl so more tvl for kingdoms equals more you know bnb dividends it, it's uh more uh management fees in general which uh those management fees obviously get split to uh bnb dividends and split to uh burning cubs so uh, you know adding adding other kingdoms will just be based on what we think we can generate in terms of uh tvl and uh, speaking of Splinterlands, apparently their AMA is running I late. <laughs> I just saw that it's running right now. I just jumped in to see that thing is stacked. Yep. That's why apparently, apparently uh, we're losing to Splinterlands. <laughs> uh, I got a question about compounding frequency inside the kingdoms. Uh, somebody's pointing out that uh, the dot BNB hasn't been compounded for almost a week. Is there a plan to solve that? Um, I don't know if that's true, but... Um the compounding sometimes the compounding will take uh, you know an extra two or three days or something um and that is largely due uh to the server so we're actually going to move that into its own server uh that compounding script um so that should get more uh obviously more reliable once it's in its own server uh but right now it's, it's basically just dependent on the, the server it's in because it, i don't know if a lot of people know this, but the way that compounding works is uh, it takes 
the the contract itself for a kingdom has a call within it and if that call is is basically pinged from an address and it could be any address uh, that could ping that call um, it starts the auto compounding sequence so uh, we basically have a, a script for calling the various kingdoms contracts uh, to to you know initiate the auto compounding um, so so that's kind of how that that works it's actually not if you think about it, smart contracts actually don't have auto functions. They don't just do things on their own. They have to be called by an address in order to take an action. So there's a there's a compounding sequence. And in order to automate that compounding, you have to have an automatic script on a server that generates a call to that contract. But anyone could theoretically call the contract. Yeah. So um Trump man in his usual style uh, is saying uh, he's getting the feeling that Leo has shiny objects in him. I'm summarizing here. Uh, would it be better to be more focused on fewer things? Also, when moon. <laughs> so in a direct uh, contradiction. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm of the belief that you don't need one or the other. So, you know, if you go back in time, you could think of Leo as, you know, go back before even uh, W Leo on, on, uh, on Uniswap and just think about where, you know, where Leo is at, you know, in terms of price, I mean, obviously a lot lower, but just in terms of activity and, and general awareness about Leo, um, it was a lot smaller uh, and going into wrapped Leo made it a lot bigger and it gave it, gave the platform a lot of liquidity. Um, you know, if you go back before that, it, it, uh, if you wanted to be a whale in Leo, you had to buy in basically $20 chunks on Leo decks uh, in order to not move the price and get a lot of slippage. So, um, you know, the launch of Wrapped Leo is what fixed that liquidity issue to a large degree uh, and expanded the community, you know, within the Hive blockchain and also outside of the Hive blockchain. So um, I am of the belief that if we continue to find, you know, where the crypto ball is going, so to speak, and, and put ourselves in front of it and, and get to those new blockchains and, and new use cases, then uh, we're going to fulfill, you know, kind of that, that baseline mission of Leo Finance uh, that's written, you know, in a, in a number of places. Um, I actually think it, it was in the, uh, the most recent dev update, but um, the you know the base mission is to expand the depth and width of the leo finance community so uh what 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 i mean by depth and width is that uh in terms of depth you want to create more use cases and more reasons to uh to stay in the community you know more things that people in the community can do so you know deeper use case um and in terms of width attract new users from outside uh, Leo Finance outside of the Hive blockchain, outside of the Ethereum blockchain, you know, go to new places and bring in uh, new users so you can expand, you know, the, the whole size of the community um, while you simultaneously build in features that expand what that community can do. Um, so I, I actually think that we've done a, done a pretty good job lately of, you know, being able to manage our existing projects and launch new projects. So, um, you know, over the past, basically since the start of this year, we started, you know, Cub, we started all these different LeoFi and all these different apps and projects, uh, and then obviously the mobile app. Um, and really, it's it's just a function of getting more people onto the team, more developers, 
uh, even people to do more, you know, admin tasks and, and stuff like that. So um, I actually just think we're, we're going through growing pains in terms of uh, our ability to develop multiple apps at the same time. Um, but, you know, growing pains could be a good thing, in my opinion. Mm, that, f- <clears throat> that actually flows right into the question of when will you extend the team and share the new members and roles? So, so a lot of the development side of, of, you know, the different apps, um, I think Neil has, has posted this somewhere, but a lot of it you could think of as almost hired guns and just kind of, you know, this developer works here when, when it's needed and, uh, you know, kind of almost in a freelancer type of capacity. So that's kind of where we're at in a, in a lot of ways, but there are a few developers that work on, on Leo finance that, that many people already know. Um, and then also, you know, our most recent addition um, is uh, is Sean, who's working on the uh, the Leo Finance UI and the uh, the mobile app. So, um, you know, will we ever do a, a basically like a slash team page? Uh, probably at some point uh, in the future. But I, I think I talked about recently the team size has grown pretty significantly. Yeah, I think that was the last AMA. Yeah. We discussed that. Um, since you mentioned LeoFi, John Doe asked, aka Beehiver, when will LeoFi be adding Hive and or HBD lending options? Well, while you're on that, I had a question because I know Rollins going to ask. Uh, Leo Miners. Um, does so for the first one? Does he mean lending or leasing? uh it's what's the difference it said lending options so leasing is is the current application where you can lease leo power so you can you can uh put up a request to uh for a delegation of leo power in exchange for liquid uh leo payouts or you can fulfill a fulfill a request uh and delegate so that's leasing lending is is obviously the the lending of liquid cryptocurrency so whether that's Leo or Hive or HBD or whatever, uh, lending would be separate from leasing. Um, and obviously, you know, there'd have to be some sort of uh, collateralized lending infrastructure like other DeFi platforms. Um, so we're planning to do that with Leo. That's kind of the next step for, for LeoFi after we finish, you know, the, the leasing, which, which is going to have the current, which is Leo power. And then the next, which is, uh, high power and tribe power. So, um, you know, we're kind of moving along the roadmap with that. Um, and then um, for Rollins' question, um, what, do, what do you mean by Leo miners? Well, you know, collateralized lending uh, on on Leo miners. Okay. Yeah. So, so kind of with that that whole system of of collateralized lending based on Leo. Um, you could you could theoretically take collateral, you know, take Leo miners or any other you know hive based asset and and use it for for uh, a collateralized loan. So if you could do any hive based asset, could you take all the swap tokens that are already on uh, the hive engine ecosystem? Yep. So I learned something new recently that um, so hive engine recently expanded to allow. Uh, so to polygon networks and that the at least for ethereum and for polygon maybe binance smart chain too i'm not sure about that one 
Um, but for those two, there's no deposit fees. Interesting. Nice. So you could so if you have a bag of Matic, let's say, you could bring it on to you could deposit it, you know, uh, on the on the Hive engine and then collateralize that, take a loan through LeoFi and actually use that money for spending money hmm. without having uh, capital gains events. Now, Tony Montana is saying there are no deposit fees for BSC2. So, you have a 1% withdrawal fees. On those, yeah. mm, that goes down the rabbit hole of, yeah, technically you would not have to be paying any taxes. Assuming Uncle Sam agrees that that's where that money came from, because when you cash it out to fiat, then it gets into the he said, she said against the IRS. Well, you know, you, <laughs> have, your, I, you have your paper trail. You have your paper trail. So, so speaking of, I guess, IRS, SEC, Taskmaster, <laughs> Taskmaster asked, with all the push for regulation, could Cub Finance be opening up itself by hosting IDOs? We know in the US, the SEC is looking to get involved in DeFi more. Yeah, so IDOs are permissionless contracts. So it's, you know, obviously up to the creators, um, you know, how to utilize. That's kind of how IDOs are structured, you know, whether you look at Cub or anything else. Um, you know, they're just smart contracts and, and people interact with them, how they interact with them. Um, so obviously that's kind of kind of how they work. So I, I will uh, take this opportunity to, to say that <laughs> I have uh, a project that might work for a Cub IDO, but it is 100% a security. Um, so, you know, I've done on my end, I've done all the, the, the in the US, we have what's called Reg D, which is exempt uh, security offerings uh, as long as you follow certain rules and guidelines by the SEC. And uh, part of that is that um, you can have the, the version that we have anyway. Uh, you can have as many investors as you want, but they have to be all accredited, which uh, in the US means making at least $250,000 a year or have a net worth of a million bucks outside of your home, your principal residence. Um, and around the world, there are similar rules uh, for accreditation. Um, they're, not, they're not all exactly the same. So if, if we were to bring this project through a Cub IDO, you'd have to go through, people who are interested, it would have to go through like a KYC process with us, not with Cub, um, in order to get onto that you know, whitelist uh, so that they could actually participate. Um, but you know, there are other people who don't really care about the rules and are willing to get sued by the SEC for it. <laughs> I'm just not one of those people. I'm uh, with you on that. Yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah, that gets into a lot of the uh, the Howey test and and all yeah. of the various various uh, rules. Like you look at Ethereum and Vitalik and Bitcoin, and obviously there's Satoshi, but it's provably you know decentralized, so it doesn't fit. The model of a security so there's all these kind of nuances that i was actually listening to a podcast um which one was it tim ferris and kevin rose talking about uh blockchain and, and cryptocurrency and and regulations and all that stuff so that was a good one kind of, kind of interesting but but we're in an emerging emerging uh emerging market structure and uh when you look at kind of what happened in in 99 with with internet companies you know it's New rules have to be created to uh, to catch up with the times. Hundred yeah. percent. Uh, Neil, you probably didn't see it since I'm on uh, YouTube, but Rollin said, "Neil, 
you know me better than my wife, LOL. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently you did ask his question without him asking. There you go. I'm curious too. I got a bunch of mirror mics. I don't. Listen, sore subject. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Raleigh gave you a chance. You, you know, I don't you even remember it. Another cat fail. That's why I'm yeah. just cub. I'm cub ride or die at this point. I'm not making okay. the same mistakes three times. <laughs> missed out on Splinterlands. Missed out on Leo Miners. Not missing out on cub. Yeah. Cub whale. Let's go. Um, but yeah, so you know the whole the whole ideal approach is um, is is really interesting to me. Um, because if it's success, so it, it's one of these cases where success breeds success. So if a project comes in and, and does an IDO on Cub and they're successful, they successfully raise whatever it is their goal is. And that, you know, uh, that success lets other people know that, oh, Cub is a place where we can go to, you know, attract, you know, investment capital or launch capital or whatever it is that they're doing. And that means that, uh, you know, there's more opportunity for Cub. So there's a greater incentive for people to buy more Cub to participate in these launches. Because, you know, I, like I said, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of launch trading uh, over the last uh, month or so. And, you know, like a good one will go like 100 times, you know, your, your entry price. Um, a bad one will go to zero. Uh, a mediocre one will do, you know, three to five times uh, from from the uh, start. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity, and those, you know, you get one of those hundred X's, it cancels out a lot of those zero X's. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, you know, but that kind of opportunity is attractive to people, um, and uh, so, you know, there's that whole uh, what do they call it, the black hole liquidity theory, or black hole, yeah, liquidity black hole theory. Yeah, um, from from Rune, I, I think you know if if ideas gain traction on Cub, you know the same kind of thing could happen. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's so an area to watch. The moral of the story is the uh, little mini beta IDO on Tuesday. We need to pump. <laughs> It'd be Neil's good. in. It's gonna. Neil, I think Neil just said he's putting in 50k. <laughs> I'm not putting in 50k to that one. I will say, uh, I whatever the. Um, uh, the Polygon platform, I probably will put in 50K. That's the one I'm obviously, you know, looking forward to the most. Um, I will participate a little bit in Tuesdays to show support, but in the end, I'm more so, uh, you know, looking looking to load up on the Polygon Cub. But I will yeah, jump so in this Tuesday beta so I can understand how it all works and, and support. Everyone should do the same, yeah, the, not financial the advice. Thing, the interesting thing is that, uh, that, um, you know, the third idea, which obviously we're not even going to start talking about until after uh, the second idea, which is supposed to be Polygon Cub, um, is is probably going to be even bigger than Polygon Cub because it's being built by obviously a, a separate team that has a lot of experience with Binance Smart Chain platforms. Um, and they're looking to raise basically somewhere between two and 10 million um, through their idea. So we're kind of going to figure out how everything goes with because obviously at Cubs current market cap it can't even handle that that large of an idea so it needs to uh it needs to grow and expand before that idea is ready um and uh and that should be interesting that's going to be uh it's uh one of those new generation uh um AMMs where there's you know referral fees and and the sharing of the 
the uh, the AMM swap. It's basically like the smart contract, you know, distributes the the swap fees instead of uh, the way that Pancake Swap works, which is kind of hmm. interesting. Um, so I I think their platform looks really cool, and they've they've already set up everything they need for the IDO. So that's I all like on it. their end. Yeah, I'm sold. That'll so be interesting. <laughs> nah, seriously, though, I like that. I actually like that a lot, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you basically send people a referral link to swap on their AMM, and then you get a percentage of the swap fee on to sent to your address automatically. Affiliate marketing. Cool. So, Inch yeah. is going to make millions of on that then. One inch. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they uh, they aggregate all the yeah. all the uh, dexes. Yep. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it kind of just leads into what you were saying that the uh, the IDOs are going to feed off of each other. You know, every successful IDO is going to is going to obviously push the next IDO to be even bigger and more successful. Um, and then obviously, it's you know, as those keep going, we're going to attract more platforms that decide to use that IDO smart contract on their own to to launch pad off a of cub. Um, and you know, their, their entrance fee to launch pad off a of cub is just that, that 50% burn. So that's just a permissionless launch contract. It's kind of nice. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and mind trap was saying on, on Periscope that, uh, finance as of today is, is implemented their KYC for everybody. So they were doing that phase rollout kind of thing. So now, if you do, if you're not KYC, your withdrawal limit's like 0. 0.06 BTC or something like that. I mean, that's still a win because at least you can still get on. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a good move to hypothetically, if you're on Binance and in, in the U.S., moving your stuff off of Binance. Is that uh, otherwise? Who knows if you're not, you not might not be able to get to it. Well, it's. Uh... Like I was, you know, writing about in the in the last dev update, you know, that's just increasing the utility for for cross chain bridges. So whether you yep. look at Thorchain and and what they're building, or you look at you know Leo Bridge and and our ability to iterate and make it obviously function correctly, um, you know, those bridges are going to get even more important as as regulation hits and and people need a permissionless way to swap across. Uh, different blockchains and that's that's what's hilarious about it because like that's going to be when's that going to happen maybe maybe the the government will catch up a year from now and then this time next year they're gonna be like oh shit what do we do about these bridges cross right. like it's like because it's on a blockchain and now you have blockchains communicating with each other it's like uh we have zero hope to regulate any of this yeah so i hey, you this... can't you can't sue a smart contract yeah no uh so <laughs> I was actually on a, um, I was on two crypto presentations by the IRS this week, uh, part of their continuing education series. And um, they, you know, so I, you know, I go to this talk every year, they have different people presenting. The people presenting now actually do know what Bitcoin is. Uh, they understand how ledgers work. They understand that there is this, you know, global network and everything. They understand proof of work. Um, that's about where they are. So, uh, so they're in 2014. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, they they are looking to to increase their their mastery. You know, I actually wrote a post a year ago or something 
about how the IRS was offering a $600,000 contract if you could break Monero. Um, and I, I was just saying how laughable that is. So, you know, you know, a $600,000 contract, you know, if you're one guy who happens to be able to break Monero, then okay, that's a decent payday. Um, but, you know, if you're uh, like a dev shop that has more than one person, that's not enough to pay the bills, you know, so I don't think that's going to gonna get it done. But they are, they are looking at these other things. Um, but, you know, when it comes to uh, like cross-chain swaps, it's like, well, if you have USDC on, on Ethereum and you swap that for USDC on, on Polygon, so one, there's there's no gain or anything because it's you know it's one dollar over here and one dollar over there. Um, it could be an event, uh, but is it? You know, is, is that the same token or is it not? I mean, these are these are undefined, you know, questions uh, because this is an entirely new asset class. So, um, and you know, there's no case law or, or anything or legislation or um, just there's no nothing. <laughs> so we're we're all figuring it out as we go, and you know. Uh, you know, if you're a U.S. taxpayer, I would say, you know, make your best faith efforts and, you know, go with that. But um, that's my my tax talk for the day, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of, are you still doing the uh, tax, the tax Sherpa show on uh, the, the show? No, I, I pretty much closed that down. I was just been, been too busy. And, uh, uh, two shows a week is tough. Two shows a week is tough. I'm still One doing Monster Mavericks. Yes, I know. I don't have the. I know my my opinion is not the popular opinion, but I would have taken the Tax Sherpa show over the Splitland show, but that is not the popular opinion on Discord. Yeah, that is true. And you know, with the way Splitland has been going, it's just been oh, consuming bonkers. a lot of focus. Yeah, I can imagine. Don't worry, the, uh, I'm still having the FOMO. <laughs> well, you know, there's a new edition coming out. Will, uh... It is all Chinese to me. All right. If anything, I'll just invest more money in, in, in someone managing that stuff for me. You know a guy? I do know a guy. <laughs> I hear I hear there's going to be an easy way to do that. Possibly so. Mm. All right. Uh, well, that actually brings us up to an hour. So probably a good place to call it. Uh, any parting thoughts you want to leave us with, Cal? I mean, I have a general question I can squeeze in here at the end right. for... Uh, and this is more probably just uh, opinions of the panel because it's, do you think there's a new bull run happening as we speak? And what unknown cryptos do you think will have a healthy growth? Interesting. Well, I'll-, um, I'll Yeah, you can start that one. Yeah, I'll take a, a shot here. Uh, yes, I do think we are in the initial stages of a new bull. Um, I've been saying September for like six months now, as far as the- uh, the, the, the leg up in Bitcoin. And I think we are we are setting the stage for that. You know, right now, Bitcoin's back up to 48,000. And, you know, that's obviously the bellwether of crypto in general. As far as specific tokens, I don't know. Um, you know, people are talking about ADA, people are talking about Solana, people are talking about all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, I'm not so interested in specific, um, specific calls like that, because it's kind of outside my wheelhouse. But, um, I think we'll see major, uh, major growth, you know, in the last, you know, third of the year. You know. um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I stick to, you know, a, a pretty, pretty uh, small basket of 
of crypto. So, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, BNB, obviously because of Cub, Rune, um, you know, Leo and, uh, and Cub. And then, you know, I kind of got into, uh, into Xrune because um, I, I think that it, it has some value as kind of a second layer, uh, second layer application built on, on ThorChain. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think Rune, you know, if I have to, if I have to pick one of the lesser known uh, cryptocurrencies, I would say, you know, out of the top 100, um, I would say Rune is, is, uh, is, you know, going to jump to, uh, in my opinion, over a hundred dollars in, in this bull run. Um, and I do think we are also at the start of a, a new bull run. Um, so if you compare the Rune market cap to uh, say a uni, uh, Uniswap market cap, um, it's just kind of interesting to see how small Rune actually is, um, even at, you know, $9. I mean, we're still under a $2 billion market cap. So, uh, and then you look at things like uni, which are well over, you know, 10 billion. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think this bull run is going to be interesting, especially under this new narrative of, of decentralized exchanges and, and cross chain and, and basically sidestepping all the centralized exchanges. So, uh, you know, kind of to Trump man's question, are we just going from shiny object to shiny object or are we trying to move in front of the, uh, the crypto ball and, and be where the, uh, the industry is moving uh, and position Leo Finance as kind of a base community that, that has a branch into all these different platforms so that we can absorb their, basically absorb their gains. Yeah, my trap is saying you forgot Hive, the underdog. <laughs> I still, have, you know, I picked up a lot of Hive back at at ten cents. A lot of people know that, but I, uh, you know, I still have belief in Hive. I think it's a great. I think Hive is a very underrated platform, but I also think that there are issues that need to be fixed. But um, you know, nothing is nothing is perfect, and and it's all about the. For me, it's all about the technology. So. You know, you look at Rune and their network isn't even running right now because they've been yep. hacked three times in a row. Yep. So nothing's perfect, but at the same time, you've uh, got to you've got to see progress and you've got to see you got to believe in the technology. So, you know, Hive, Rune, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, obviously Leo Cub. Those are that's where I see you know good technology being built. What about Matic? Yeah, Matic is interesting. Um, you know, I, I actually think it does have a lot of potential. I don't hold a ton of Matic. I have a, I have a decent amount, obviously setting myself up for, for Polygon uh, Cub, but, um, you know, I wouldn't consider it a top holding of mine yet. Um, but, you know, you never know. I picked up some when it, when it dipped below a dollar. As did I. And some Rune. More Matic though. Apparently should have done more Rune. I did a lot. I did a lot of rune. When rune went sub five dollars, I was just going crazy. Yeah, I had a I had a solid trade there. Also, I picked it up at like three eighty, and then I sold like I sold a portion at eight bucks and another portion at nine bucks. Damn, I sold too soon. I but yeah, I had I had an order sitting in somewhere like I think it was like three sixty five or whatever it was. It was pretty close to the low, and then I sold a little bit of it after like a one point bounce, and then I'm just keeping the rest. Yeah. You know, I I think that when they get their Ethereum network issues fixed, so they don't get hacked, because all the hacks have come from Ethereum. 
Uh, right. I, I don't know how well known that is. Um, but so the hacks or exploits or whatever they were. Um, so they, they definitely need to up their solidity game uh, to, to prevent that. But uh, once that's all resolved, and that's just a matter of development talent, um, then, uh, you know, I don't think there's any other real game in town that can that is in the same ballpark at all as far as cross-chain swaps. Uh, there, there are, there are certain bridges for certain things, but there's nothing that's as general as as Rune is, at least not yet. Yeah. Well, and their their superpower is is being utilized as as a you know a back end, um, and nobody knowing about it. Kind of like how Curve, you know, Curve works with all the stablecoin swaps. Um, you know, Thorchain could be implemented by you know even like a Binance or. Uh, you know, I think they're they're working closely with uh, what's it called, uh, Eric Voorhees Shapeshift. Um, so obviously, exchanges like that implementing uh, implementing Thorchain as a as a backend, I think, is is huge. Um, and obviously, Thorchain is the only one currently uh, building. You know, Bitcoin, ETH, uh, BNB, all these native token swaps, which is extremely important. So. Uh, that's kind of why I'm I'm so you know so uh, determined in, in acquiring more rune because I I want to see a I want to see a rap Leo pool on on Thorchain, um, and uh, and yeah I think it's extremely important and possibly even a Thorchain node you know closer to that than than before got a ways to go though. Maybe we do a community node. That's what Neil was saying was could be an interesting idea. You know, just need some more research. Um, it could be an you know, idea. Doing a, <laughs> yeah, do it. Do an IDO and create a Thorchain node out of it. Yeah, which could be. Uh, I mean, what are what are I mean? So when when Thorchain is actually functional, <laughs> what are the nodes making? Uh, the returns were pretty good, as I recall. Yeah. Um, here they actually have a statistic. Let's see if I can get it. Talk about a power of a following though. You have a network that's gone down several times, hasn't operated for days at a clip and somehow the token price is going up and people are still all about it. How do you build that following? That's what we need yeah. for Cub and Leo. Well, you gotta, yeah, you gotta have is a vision and get people, get convert converts. <laughs> yeah, well, one thing I, I really, you know, would love to bring into uh, Leo and Cub, uh, you know, uh, is uh, Thorchain, and this is where I think they get that following, is that they have all these different community leaders. Like if you look at like Mihao Brains and like all these other people um, that just literally build apps and, you know, technology and websites uh, and social followings for the sole purpose of growing Thorchain. Um, obviously, they benefit by the price of Rune going up, uh, but you kind of have, you know, 100 community leaders on in the Thorchain community um, that are continuously working to build websites and expand it without any direction from the actual Thorchain team. So, um, you know, I think that's, I think that's where their power comes from. And, uh, and I would definitely like to see that more so with, with uh, Leo and Cub with uh, community leaders building. Um, so I'm looking for this, I don't know if the website is loading any uh, data on it right now. 
but whatever the oh, okay. number is. Okay, 21% APY is the okay. uh, last latest statistic. So okay. on August 20th, that this year? That's, that's today. Yeah, is that this year or last year? No, this is, I don't know why it says that. On the website, it says August 20th. On the actual tweet, it says January 13th. Um, but on, at least on January 13th, the uh, Rune Ranger uh, tweeted that his node was printing 860 Rune a day, which at the time was $1,550. Obviously, it's a lot more now. That's $8,000 a day. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, what, so whatever the number is, you say, okay, you know, we do a community fund, we, we buy a node, we're looking at X percent, you know, returns for, for owning and operating. You know, there's there's some number of people that'd be interested in, in passive income that way. You know, so. yeah, it's basically like a liquidity pool, but um, you know, obviously, instead of providing uh, liquidity in the form of you know two cryptocurrencies and pooling them together and then depositing that in a vault, you're 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 providing upfront liquidity in order to bond in a node, a shared node, and earn. Uh, and earn APY that way. As, so you're earning APY from validating versus uh, uh, market making, basically. Which I think is a cool idea. Yeah, I think so. And then in a, and hopefully you're earning a theoretically appreciating token as it gains uh, traffic. Right, so you take, you know, X percentage of, of the APY and you you bond it so you compound it back into your total bond because obviously you have to stay competitive uh, in order to be a node uh, continuously. So you take a percentage and you you bond it and you uh, take the other percentage and you can do you know whatever you want with that. You can create a create a separate token. You can create a claimable button, uh, stuff like that. So could be interesting. All right. So I guess uh, that does it for this week. This was August 20th, 2021. And next one will be the 27th, I assume. Do we have any scheduling conflicts that we should know about ahead of time? Uh, nope, not for next week. Okay. So right noon next week? Let's say noon-ish. Yep, noon Eastern. <laughs> yeah, noon-ish. All right, when, but you'll, you'll have a more exact announcement on next week's step update. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, dev update post. Yeah, so what's that? I said people need to look at the dev update post because you've been putting oh, yeah. you've been putting it in there what time the AMA is. Yeah, I'm liking the uh I'm liking the structure of those weekly updates. So yeah. hopefully everybody else thinks they're uh thinks they're good. Yep, I'm sure they do. All right, it's been a good one. Yep. I'll uh we'll see you guys next week. All right. Later. Later. See ya.